More New York Ranger trade talk today. We're discussing one final blue shirt who could be a possibility for the Rangers, as well as two players who could improve the Rangers and wouldn't cost a lot. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 1001 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. So some more trade talk. Obviously, Rangers going to be back in action tonight uh, at 830 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Definitely looking forward to that. No starting goalie has been announced at least uh, as of a couple seconds ago, right before I hit the record button here. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that and maybe discuss at the end of the episode if a goalie has been announced by then. Uh, But I figure in the meantime, let's go ahead, do a little bit more trade talk. I know a lot of people, they've got their favorite trade targets and everybody's got a theory on the Rangers should be all in or maybe hold back a little bit this season. I, I prefer the former because I, I think they are a first place team and nothing's really going to be any different next year as far as, you know, the main core of this team. I don't th- think there's going to be like wholesale changes or anything like that. So you might as well go for it and not just wait another year when you might not be in first place. All these guys will be a year older. Uh, so with all that in mind, let's go ahead, turn our attention to one final New York Ranger in our last trade deadline discussion episode. We identified three former Rangers that could make some sense, uh, could be a fit for the Rangers, maybe the Rangers trading uh, to get one of those players back. We're going to do another one today. Now, admittedly, I don't know that this player has as good of a chance as the other three that I discussed in the past uh, of being traded back to the Rangers. But, you know, I thought about it a little bit, and I do think there's enough of a possibility that this could happen, that it's at least worth some discussion. So that's what we're going to do today. And we are talking, of course, about... Pavel Buchnevich. Again, in the past, we talked about Frank Vitrano. We talked about Anthony Duclair. We talked about Vladimir Tarasenko. All three of those players could make some sense to the Rangers uh, or being traded back to the Rangers. Buchnevich, again, not sure he's got as much of a chance of being dealt back, but he's definitely worth some discussion here given the fact that the Rangers have basically been trying to replace him and his production and his spot on that top line right wing position with Kreider and Mika Zibanejad ever since he left. It's just been a revolving door at that position this year. I mean, Kako, Wheeler, um, Brodzinski was there for for a brief spell. We saw VZ last season. Uh, You guys know the drill. All the names that have come and gone, it's pretty staggering how many players they've tried in that spot. It just hasn't clicked the same way that it did with Pavel Buchnevich when Buchnevich was here. Obviously, Buchnevich, somebody drafted by the Rangers. want to say third-round draft pick. I'm pretty sure on that. And... Somebody that gradually, over the five years that he spent here, got better and better. And uh, ever since being traded to the Blues, has taken his game to all new heights. 183 career games with the Blues uh, since he was traded to St. Louis. 73 goals, 109 assists, so 182 points. So basically, a point-per-game player almost exactly on the dot. Uh, By now, I don't think it can really be argued that this 
Buchnevich trade really did not go the way that the Rangers wanted. As I've said in the past, I could at least follow Drury's logic on why he traded Buchnevich. The idea that he wanted to open up spots for some of the young players. The idea that they couldn't afford Pavel Buchnevich long-term, and they wanted to make some other moves and bring some different players in. But, man, when you trade Pavel Buchnevich and you replace him with, you know, Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves and Patrick Nemeth, you know, a lot of the Buchnevich money went to, you know, those guys. Yeah, that that hasn't aged very well. It just hasn't. And, again, it hurts even more because the Rangers just have not been able to really find anybody to step on to that top-line right-wing spot there. You know, a bunch of players have come and gone. And as we mentioned, you know, now you're down to basically alternating back and forth between Wheeler and Kako. And obviously, it's quite the step down from Pavel Buchnevich, who, again, just seems to get better and better with just about every passing season. Now, as far as the possibility of the Rangers reacquiring Pavel Buchnevich, a question that we all have to ask ourselves here, would Chris Jury do this? Would he basically admit a mistake? Because if you go out and you trade away assets for Pavel Buchnevich and you take on... Uh, his contract. Now, I don't think they'll be able to take on his full contract because it's $5.8 million. So unless you unload like a Barclay Goodrow or a Capo Caco or something along those lines, you're not even going to be able to do that in any possible way, uh, take on Buchnevich's contract. So if the Raiders were to reacquire him, you got to believe it would be at some salary retained by the Blues. And if you're the Raiders, you'd also have to give away assets, and you'd have to give away assets to bring back a player that you could have just re-signed in the first place. Now, again, would Drury admit a mistake like this, and would the Rangers be willing to kind of just bite the bullet here and accept the fact that to get Buchnevich back, they have to go ahead and give up a player that's either on the NHL roster or a prospect or two in the pipeline, a draft pick or two, whatever it might cost to get Buchnevich. Again, it is basically an admission of a mistake, an admission of failure, um, but the Rangers are trying to win the Stanley Cup this year, and if they feel that Pavel Buchnevich could be that final piece or one of those final pieces, would they just kind of swallow their pride and do it? That's a question that I can't really answer. I get the feeling, again, that there are probably other trade targets that the Rangers are looking at that they would probably want to acquire before Buchnevich based on everything I just said, along with the fact that, again, Buchnevich is going to be a, a lot pricier than some of the other players that the Rangers might be looking at at the deadline. We also have this developing situation. This is something that I want to talk about in greater detail in a future episode, but James Dolan. So you hear the name, and you know that the opposite of good news is not far behind. You know, when do we bring up Dolan? When does anybody bring up Dolan and there's good news that follows after you say his name? It doesn't happen very often. I'm not sure that it's ever happened. Again, this is episode 1001 here. I don't think good news has ever followed uh, whenever I've brought up the name of the owner of the New York Rangers. But there's this report out from Darren Dreger, and it's since been kind of contradicted by Larry Brooks. Uh, but Dreger said that the Rangers might not have permission, jury specifically might not have permission from Dolan to trade the 2024 first round draft pick uh, going into the deadline this season. Now, why is that? You know, does Dolan have like some player that he's looking at in the first round of next year's draft that he really likes and he wants the Rangers to have a chance to draft that player? No, you're thinking way too rationally considering who we're talking about here. His reason per Dreger is that, you know, he wants the Rangers to be part of the spectacle of the 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 draft in Vegas, it's going to be held at the Sphere, you know, that crazy new arena there that Dolan owns, and he wants them to have a first-round draft pick and be part of the spectacle. So that's why he's not going to allow Drury to trade away the first-round pick. Now, Larry Brooks has since contradicted that and said that it's basically just not true. So, I mean, it sounds like one of them is wrong, and I'm going to wait for more details to come out about that 
uh, before I kind of jump to any conclusions here. But um, nothing would really surprise me is probably the best way I could put it. But, you know, to kind of look at, again, th this trade situation with Pavel Buchnevich here, whether the Ranger first-round draft pick is on the table or not, would the Blues be willing to give away Pavel Buchnevich? And the, the question you might ask yourself is that, well, he's a great player. Why would they do that? Uh, he's got another year left on his contract after this season ends. So, you know, the Blues, they're, they're kind of a fringe playoff team right now. They don't have to trade Buchnevich. That's absolutely correct. They do not have to. Um, but it must be said, the Blues are in a much different place right now than they were before they traded for Pavel Buchnevich a few years ago. Buchnevich was acquired by the Blues before the 2021-2022 season. That was only three years after this team had won the Stanley Cup, and they were kind of reloading and looking to, you know, bring home a second Stanley Cup with that core group of players that they still had there. But, I mean, think about everything that's happened since then. Uh, we've seen this team trade away Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, among other players, and they're just not the powerhouse team that they were as recently as a few short seasons ago. So they're kind of in a spot where they might be looking to rebuild, and if that's the case, I mean, trading Pavel Buchnevich right now, while his value is sky high, um, is something that they could look to do. Now, of course, they could always try to go for it this year because they are kind of a fringe playoff team. It's not like they're hopelessly out of it. Um, so they could do that. You could also, if you're the Blues, hang on to Bu Pavel Buchnevich through next season, get to the trade deadline and reassess everything. Do you then move him as a rental and um, look to get what you can for him? Or maybe you're in contention next year and you decide to go for it uh, with the group that you have. There's a lot of different ways this thing could play out, even as it pertains to the Blues choosing whether or not to trade Buchnevich because there's no guarantee. I'd put it at like 50-50 at best that Buchnevich gets traded before the deadline. And as I say all this, you start to realize, I think, why the Rangers reacquiring Pavel Buchnevich is kind of a long shot. It's something that's possible. It's on the table, but it is something that's at least a little bit of a long shot. So, I mean, that's kind of where things stand there. Um, a lot of different factors on the table and a, a lot of different hurdles to get around, including the cost. What exactly would it cost to acquire Pavel Buchnevich. You got to figure any package for Pavel Buchnevich, whether it's the Rangers or anybody else, you're going to have to include a first-round draft pick and go from there. And as we just mentioned, it's possible that the Ranger first-round draft pick is not in play um, going into the trade deadline this season. Would the Blues be okay with like the 2025 first-round draft pick? I, I can't speak for them. Uh, but again, you have to figure that Buchnevich, if he is traded, his price is going to be pretty high. Uh, that's especially true, as I mentioned, if the Blues want, or if, if the Rangers rather ask the Blues to retain some of Buchnevich's salary, which they pretty much would have to do if they were to, uh, you know, acquire Buchnevich. And what do the Blues want? You know, would they be interested in Capo Caco? Would they be interested in K. Andre Miller? Both those players' names have come up in trade discussions recently. Um, hard to say for sure. I don't think the Rangers would be willing to trade, you know, a Perot or an Offman for Pavel Buchnevich, but would the Blues insist on one of those players? And if they did, would the Rangers basically say, no, we're not doing this. We're going to look elsewhere. So again, a ton of, ton of hurdles here. A couple of nice things about Buchnevich, though. One thing is that he's not a true pure rental. And I know that will be music to the ears of certain Ranger fans who are, you know, a little bit over the whole rental thing. I mean, to me, rentals are fine. Uh, every team in the league does it and you do it out of necessity because, you want to acquire this player for your stretch regular season run and ultimately the playoffs, but you do so knowing that there's very little chance that we can afford this player uh, past the end of this upcoming season. That's why you see so many players uh, traded and acquired as rentals, and obviously the Rangers have been all over that market the past couple of seasons here, uh, bringing in, I mean, what, like seven, eight rentals over the last two seasons combined, so 
yeah, I mean, that could be another road they look to go down. But if you want a little bit more permanence, uh, Pavel Buchnevich could be of interest to you for that reason because he is under contract, not just for this year, but also for next year. Uh, Buchnevich, when he was with the Rangers, never really put up big-time points in the playoffs. But the last uh, run that he had with the Blues was two years ago. He had one goal and 10 assists in 12 games. So, obviously, he chipped in there. Uh, so, somebody that maybe about to kind of figure it out as far as playoff hockey is concerned. And of course, as we've kind of touched on, you know, throughout this entire section here, talking about Buchnevich, it's appealing because Buchnevich clicked with Kreider and Mika in a way that really nobody else has. So if you do trade for him, I mean, I can't imagine for a second that Buchnevich would land anywhere else other than that top line right wing spot with Mika and uh, with Kreider. And when it comes to acquiring players via a trade, you, you never know how it's going to work, but there's obviously familiarity with Pavel Buchnevich. You know, the Rangers could go out and they could get this player, they could get that player, this whoever, whatever player it might be could seem like a fit for the Rangers, but we never know for sure. The other nice thing about Buchnevich is we know this works. We know that Buchnevich clicked with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and should give that line a little bit of a shot in the arm if he is indeed acquired. So I'd be curious to know what you guys think about Buchnevich. You know, is this possible? Is it something that's on the table? Uh, is he at or near the top of your list? What would you be willing to give up? What do you think is a fair trade? Let me know in the YouTube comment section. You could always email me as well. But as far as, uh, you know, what Buchnevich's role would be with the Rangers, basically just the exact same things he was doing uh, the first time around. Same same top line. I would imagine probably the second power play for Buchnevich. He could give that unit a little bit of a boost as well. Uh, one final note as it pertains to Buchnevich before we move on here, though. He does have a modified no-trade clause where he can block a trade to 12 different teams. We don't know if the Rangers are on that list or not. And if they are on that list, is it something where he'd be willing to waive the no-move clause? I mean, I don't know. Maybe Buchnevich says, no, I'm not going back to New York. They traded me. They didn't want me. Uh, that's if he, they're even on his list in the first place. Can't speak for Buchnevich. Um, but again, it's certainly an intriguing idea, a, a reunion with Pavel Buchnevich, because he's become a heck of a player, taking his game to new heights after you know a solid showing his first five years in the league with the Rangers. He's at a whole new level now, and obviously... Um, great familiarity with him and Mika and Kreider. And as I mentioned a second ago, he could really uh, give that line a shot in the arm if he was to be reacquired. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to talk about somebody that I'm calling this year's Frank Vitrano. Really, the last two players we're going to talk about are both kind of bargains, guys that I don't think you'd have to give up a lot to acquire and guys that are a little bit under the radar. So we're going to do that in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Also want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it 
on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, so to go ahead, keep everything rolling here, we're going to turn our attention these last two players, both guys that... You know, I don't think they're going to cost an arm and a leg. They would both cost a heck of a lot less than Pavel Buchnevich. And this is a name that's come up every so often, you know, in trade talk, just kind of in general. And I think a couple of Ranger fans are, are kind of looking at this player as well. That is 26-year-old center Tommy Novak. Uh, he is making just $800,000 per season with the Nashville Predators. And he is uh, in the final year of his contract. He just signed a one-year deal at 800 k he is uh, kind of, for starters, kind of a younger trade target than you would normally see at the deadline around this time of the year. But Novak has spent all three seasons of his NHL career with the Nashville Predators, 118 games, 26 goals, 47 assists. So 73 points in 118 games, uh, also 41 block shots, only 14 hits. So you're not going to get any physicality or anything like that. Uh, 70 takeaways against 33 giveaways and uh, just 44.4% on the faceoff circle, but that's okay. He's not known as a defensive specialist anyway, and we've got plenty of centers that can win a big faceoff uh, when needed. So as far as Novak, drafted by the Predators in 2015, he went number 85 overall, which was near the end of the third round. And his offense has actually fallen off a little bit from last season to this one because last year uh, he had 17 goals and 26 assists. So 43 points in 51 games, flirting with point-per-game territory. Was Novak kind of under the radar? Uh, Predators don't get a ton of national attention, so that might have been part of the reason why. Uh, but then also last year, spent some time in the AHL, had 26 points in 25 AHL games with the Milwaukee Admirals. And this year, like I said, he's fallen off a little bit. Eight goals, 15 assists, a total of 23 points in 40 games. So he's gone from, again, flirting with point-per-game status to Barely half a point per game this year. Um, so obviously, you know, a pretty big fall off. But this could work in the Rangers' favor because it does present a little bit of a buy-low opportunity. Again, that's kind of the theme here. We're looking for some diamonds in the rough with these last two players, guys that aren't going to cost an arm and a leg. And in Novak's case here, very cheap salary, 800 k So you could bring him in and also go out and find some other player um, that's making uh, quite a bit more than Novak is. So again... Rangers can easily afford him, and they can also go out and find another player um, to, to fill the right wing spot or whatever it might be, whatever the Rangers feel they need. I know there's some fans that want to see them go get a defensive. Bottom line, if you bring in Novak, that doesn't have to be your only move. You've got some flexibility and some room to do something else. Uh, as far as you know, his role with the Predators, he's listed as a center, uh, but he's currently at least on uh, daily faceoff listed as the second line left winger. So obviously he can play a little left wing as well. He's got Cody Glass at center and Philip Tomasino at right wing. Uh, he's also on the second power play unit for Nashville. That's probably where he would end up uh, with the Rangers if he even makes one of the power play units, but I think he'd probably be on the second unit. Um, so part of the reason for his drop-off in points this year, I'm just kind of, I don't watch every Predators game, but I'm just throwing out some ideas. He's playing with Glass. Glass at center on the second line is not exactly one of the... Uh, most potent second-line centers in the league. I'm trying to be as nice as I can, but the guy's got three points in 23 games. And Tomasino, 20 points in 40 games. Neither of these guys exactly known for offensive prowess, so that could be part of it. Uh, Nashville also not known as like an offensive juggernaut or anything along those lines. So Novak is somebody that comes over to the Rangers, 
Maybe he sees a little bit of an uptick in his offensive production. I feel like, you know, any center that we talk about on here, as far as a possible trade deadline acquisition for the Rangers, is going to come over and slot into the third line role because there's no center that's readily available that's going to knock Mika or knock Trocek out of the top six. So any center you bring in is basically going to be ticketed for the third line because most of them, nothing against Johnny Brodzinski, was really happy to see him score the other night. Most of them probably will be an upgrade, at least offensively, uh, on Johnny Brodzinski. And I think Novak would uh, fit that description as well. And here's something else, because again, I, I know there's some fans that aren't too keen on the idea of rental after rental after rental after rental. Novak is somebody that won't command like a massive contract. Again, he's making, he, he's on a one-year deal that's paying him 800K. He's a UFA at the end of the year. I mean, the Rangers, it's possible if they like what they see that they could re-sign him to kind of a team-friendly deal um, if they feel like, and it might depend on Filipino's status. There's no way we can know for sure what's going to happen there. But if they're unsure about Hedl and they want a little bit of an insurance policy and somebody to center the third line, uh, maybe Novak at, again, uh, a, a reasonable cost could make some sense to the Rangers, you know, re-signing him after the season. Although we've seen these rentals that the Rangers bring in, they basically turn out to always be exactly that. They turn out to be pure rentals and they're on their way in free agency once the season ends. But I suppose you can never say never. It's at least possible that sooner or later, one of these guys uh, will stick around for more than just uh, half a season after the Rangers bring them in via trade. Um, as I mentioned before, too, there's a lot of Ranger fans want to see this team go out and reacquire Frank Vetrano. You can count me among you. I'm still open to that idea. I still like that idea. But I want everybody to remember, the last time the Rangers got Frank Vetrano, what did it cost them? All it cost them was a fourth round draft pick. So again, whether we're talking about Tommy Novak here or somebody that I'm going to talk about in just a second, I want to at least spend some time during these trade deadline talks trying to find that under the radar guy, that diamond in the rough, that needle in the haystack, use whichever, you know, uh, euphemism or whatever you want to call it uh, that you would like to. Who's the guy that's kind of underappreciated by his current team? Who's the guy that could use a change of scenery? Who's the guy that would thrive in the Rangers system, even though he's not currently thriving with his current team system? Who's that guy that could be had for next to nothing? Two years ago, that was Frank Vetrano. The fact that they got him for just a fourth rounder, and you know the way we see these teams just giving up draft picks left and right to acquire you know good players, but not phenomenal players. I mean, you look at the return that Elias Lindholm just fetched not too long ago. Uh, who's the player? Tanner know that the Lightning are giving up like five draft picks to bring in this, this fourth-line player. Uh, Frank Vitrano was had by the Rangers for just a fourth runner. So who's that guy this year? Who's that guy that's like really under the radar? It's not Frank Vitrano this year. And again, I'm not against the idea of bringing Vitrano back, but you got to understand it's going to cost, you know, something pretty significant if you want to make that happen. So could Tommy Novak be that guy? Could he be that guy that steps in and uh, gets kind of reinvigorated by going to, you know, a really good first place Ranger team, a team that, you know, presumably he'll be able to play with, you know, more gifted offensive players than he's currently playing with in Nashville. Can he get back to the form that he showed last year, where he was at almost a point per game, uh, you know, for the entire season? And again, when you look at the price, I mean, he's not doing that well this year, and that creates uh, a buy low opportunity for the Rangers. So can you get this guy for like a fourth rounder, the way that you got Frank Vetrano, or like a third rounder? Third rounder, I think, might be possible. That, that might be doable. You know, we'll see. But again, there's somebody out there that's going to get traded, whether it's to the Rangers or some other team that nobody's talking about right now. Two years ago, it was Frank Vetrano. This year, is it Tommy Novak? 
Is it the player we're going to talk about in just a second? Is it somebody else that nobody's really thinking about? Hard to say for sure, but I am intrigued by Novak. Again, his numbers are down a little bit this year, based, or rather compared to what he did last year. But again, that creates that buy low opportunity, and uh, maybe the Rangers would look into bringing in Novak. And uh, the other thing that I love here is that his salary is so low that you can do this and still do a bigger move on top of this. So you'd get your center, and then you could still go out and probably get a right winger. That's what my vote would be. Again, I know there's some people that want a defenseman. My vote would be uh, center and right winger. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. We got one more trade target, a guy that can be had for not really uh, that big of a price, or, or so it would seem at least. Uh, we'll get to that player in just a second. But first, we want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster, and Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Robinhood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And once again, thank you as always to our sponsors. Make sure to check out Robinhood. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. want to uh, go ahead and talk about our final trade target for the day. And again, as I mentioned, if you guys have a favorite trade target, a player that you think would be a great fit for the Rangers and you'd love to see them go out and get, uh, feel free to leave it in the YouTube comment section. I'm going to be circling back to all our trade-centric episodes and seeing what you guys come up with and, and talk about some of those players uh, going forward here because we're about a month away from the trade deadline and it's obviously a chaotic and fun time of the hockey calendar. So our third target, we're going to stick with this theme of trying to find this year's Frank Vetrano, i.e. an undervalued player who in some cases could maybe use a change of scenery. And that certainly applies to the player that we're about to talk about right here, right now. And somebody that won't cost the Rangers an arm and a leg in any kind of a deal. And that is going to be 28-year-old right winger and left winger Victor Olofsson from the Buffalo Sabres. Another by low candidate, another forward who hasn't played nearly as well this year as he did last year and under the radar player that could be one of the steals of trade deadline season and a guy that I don't think the Sabres can ask. They, they don't have any leverage 
to ask for a lot for him in any kind of a trade, whether it's with the Rangers or anybody else. And we're going to elaborate more on that in just a second. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, you know, five foot 11, 181 pounds. He's played in 33 games this year, only four goals and eight assists. So just 12 points in 33 games. Uh, he is a plus three on a team that has clearly struggled. Uh, he's also shooting at a clip of just 8.7%, which is the worst of his career last year. It was basically double that, more than double that. Uh, he was at 17.4% shooting percentage uh, last season. Percent shooting percentage. That, that's a good one. Um, so the low game total stands out, and that's because you know he's only played 33 games this year. He's been a healthy scratch for different chunks of the season, including uh, the last you know handful of games for the Sabres. He last played in a game on January 20th, and before that, the final 12 games that he played, no goals and one assist. Now, why, after everything I just said, would I be interested in the Rangers trading for this guy? A couple of reasons. First and foremost, it would cost, I mean, Novak's not going to cost a lot, right? Um, Olafson would cost next to nothing because really think about this. This guy is an impending unrestricted free agent. The Sabres are clearly not going to make the playoffs. So they're going to presumably try to deal every UFA that they have or just about every single one that they have. And there's a couple of players, honestly, that are impending UFAs on the Sabres that could possibly also make some sense for the Rangers. And maybe we'll look at some of those guys in a future episode. But the clear the Sabres, they clearly don't think very highly of this guy right now to just make him a healthy scratch over and over. Even last year, toward the end of the season, he was a healthy scratch for, I want to say, like five games or so. So you got to figure at this point, they've got no leg to stand on. They don't want this guy in their lineup. And he's an impending UFA. They'll take what they can get. And you got to figure they'll give him away pretty easily uh, for any team that wants to, you know, swoop in and make an offer. But a couple of reasons why I do like him. Uh, true sniper. We've talked about that with Vertrano, where we want somebody that, you know, isn't afraid to shoot the puck, comes in, bombs away, uh, has a good shot. And we mentioned the shooting percentage last year, scoring at a clip of 17.4% of his shots on goal. So basically, out of every five shots on goal, he scores on one of them. You know, I'm rounding up a little bit there, but you get the idea. He also had last season 28 goals in 75 games. And in the last four seasons combined for Olafson, not including this one, okay, because he's obviously not doing very well this year. The four seasons before that, uh, Olafson averaging more than 20 goals per game. The guy can obviously shoot the puck, and he's obviously uh, willing to do so. As far as, you know, what kind of role he would have on the Rangers, you know, it depends what else the Rangers do at the trade deadline. But again, this is a right winger, and the spot that they cannot fill, the spot that there's just no permanence in this Ranger lineup, is top line right wing. So that would really be a heck of a turnaround for Olafson. You could possibly go from being a healthy scratch for a bad team in the Buffalo Sabres to possibly playing on the top line of a first place team and a playoff contending team and hopefully a Stanley Cup contending team in the New York Rangers. So I, I think he could honestly find his way there. You know, we'll see if, if the Rangers look to go down that road if they were to acquire him. I think maybe the second power play also becomes an option. Maybe he takes like Johnny Brodzinski's spot on the second power play. Um, the other thing to point out here, you know, we we kind of, you know, wh whatever player we're talking about, we always want to talk about like their playoff experience because he's played for the Sabres for his whole career. That, of course, means that he has never played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we're not sure how he would fare there. Kind of another wild card that I thought of is, would the Sabres want to do business with the Rangers? Uh, they have in the past. There have been a couple of uh, minor trades over the last handful of years 
nothing too groundbreaking. And of course, you know, Jack Eichel was on the Sabres and everybody thought that the Rangers, you know, might be in on him. And obviously nothing ever materialized. There was some doubt whether the Sabres would want to send him to the, the big brother, quote unquote, in the New York Rangers. And of course, you know, they did not end up doing that. As recently, though, as 2019, you know, I mentioned a couple of minor trades. The Rangers sent Jimmy Vesey to Buffalo in exchange for a third-round pick. Uh, there was also a very minor trade a few years before that. Uh, the Rangers acquired Daniel Catanacci from Buffalo in exchange for Matt Bodie. Uh, Bodie never played an NHL game, and Catanacci played literally one game with the Rangers, and that was it as far as his NHL career was concerned. So would the Sabres be willing to do business with the Rangers again? That's not a question that I can you know, say with any 100% certainty, but they have in the past. And this isn't like a blockbuster deal where I think you'd have to be like terrified of sending Olafson to the Rangers. Um, one thing here that might be a hurdle though, and it's something that I don't like is the cap hit because he right now is at 4.75 million, even at 50% retained. And that's a big chunk for the Rangers and it would limit other things that they'd be able to do. So even if you can get Olafson for next to nothing, and even if the Sabres do retain half of his salary, is it really worth it for the Rangers? Not sure. Uh, I don't think he'd be their top target, but if they miss out on some of the other, you know, big fish in the pond, as far as the trade deadline is concerned, or if they're just unwilling to match a team's, you know, asking price and they want to go to the discount store, then again, I, I do think you could probably get this guy for just about next to nothing. One other thing I want to point out there too, because I know a lot of people that get on Mika and Kreider, one of their biggest complaints is that, you know, they only score on the power play and they're both one trick ponies, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, with Olafson, the 28 goals that he scored last season, 21 of them were at even strength. So if you feel like the Rangers need to be better 5v5, and if you feel like that line in general needs to be better 5v5, this is somebody that can snipe uh, when teams are at even strength. So maybe he could give that line a little bit of a boost in that way as well. Uh, again, he's he's got some deficiencies. He's not the best defensive forward in the league. Uh, he can also be very streaky, very up and down. Even you know last season when he had the 28 goals, they really kind of came in bunches, and then he'd kind of disappear for a while. Which, you know, two schools of thought there. You want some consistency, obviously, but if he's somebody that can suddenly just catch fire out of nowhere, you hope that that happens in the playoffs. You know, that that's the kind of thing that can really propel a team when they've got somebody that kind of just goes off that you're not really expecting to do that. And um, it sounds like Olafson at least has that in him, uh, you know, uh, during different portions of his career. There, there's times where he just gets really hot and can basically carry a team offensively. So I don't know that any of these players is like the perfect candidate when you consider, uh, you know, how they've fared this season and in some cases the asking price and everything along those lines. Um, but be that as it may, I, I think there's certain things to like about all these players. And uh, you guys let me know in the comments section. Again, if, if there's somebody else you want me to talk about, definitely let me know. Definitely looking forward to getting some feedback and uh, seeing who we can cover in a future trade deadline centric episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Um, definitely let me know. And of course, Rangers and Blackhawks back in action tonight. And as of this recording, I paused just a second ago because I wanted to check and see if a starting goalie had been announced. Does not look like that is the case. Um, but once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.